Hello and welcome to the Sky Time Podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that promotes Sky and profiles the people that drive the island's economy. As hospitality businesses started opening their doors this week after lockdown, we're about to hear just how important tourism is to the Sky economy. This week, the SkyTime podcast can exclusively reveal the results of a year-long piece of research into the impact of tourism on Sky. The Visitor Survey and Economic Impact Assessment was carried out by Glasgow Caledonian University's Moffat Centre, the UK's largest university-based research centre for the tourism and travel industry. I can reveal that in 2019, visitors to Sky contributed £211 million to the local economy. When you take into account the impact on the industry's supply chains, the 650,000 visitors to Sky generated £260 million of economic output. Don't worry if you're a bit confused by some of these terms, I am too. We'll get into the detail shortly. But first I want to introduce my guests, Professor John Lennon and Marina Martinoli, who compiled the report. Before we get into the detail of the 120-page report, let's get a bit of background. John, tell me about the Moffat Centre and the type of research you've carried out over the years. So the Moffat Centre is quite a unique place. We were formed in 1999 with an industry donation from the A.T. Mays founders, uh, the Moffat family. So we've traded since 99, and unusually with our profit, we fund scholarships for students. And over the years, we've been able to put more than £650,000 into scholarships for students who want to study tourism and travel. The work ranges from large statistical analysis, such as the Scottish Accommodation Occupancy Survey, to uh, business development consultancy for private sector clients, for international companies, for people looking for economic impact assessments, which brings us to Sky, of course. And presumably, you've got lots of examples over the years about how your research has influenced, for example, marketing decisions. So, yeah, I think we're very much a knowledge-based and a, uh, an independent-based organisation. So we, we trust to as much evidential decision-making as possible. So where possible, we'll draw together factual data to make decisions rather than hunches or believing in uh, trends or that we can't back up with tangible, quantifiable or qualitative indicators. So yeah, marketing is, is certainly part of the gambit. It's part of what we do, whether at island level, we've worked on Caribbean islands, we've worked on uh, destinations in mainland UK and Scotland. Marina, when you were commissioned to carry out the Sky Research by Sky Connect, how big an undertaking was it? A considerable undertaking. There was various elements of research involved in the project. Primary research with the visitors, primary research with residents and primary research with business operators on the island. Added to this, there was a fairly considerable amount of desk-based secondary research as well. So, yes, it was a, quite a large undertaking. And how much research had been done in the past on tourism in Sky? Well, I think there'd been some tourism undertaken. I think it had been a few years before, though, and I don't think it had been undertaken to the same extent. So there were gaps. And 
SkyConnect and Highlands and Islands Enterprise wanted a study that was all-encompassing, that included all of the elements coming together. So not just looking at the visitors, but looking at the businesses, how they're impacted by tourism, looking at the residents, how they're impacted, and looking at some of the other infrastructure services, looking at energy, looking at roads. So there was lots of different parts to the project. So as you've pointed out, there are two parts to the research, the economic impact assessment and the the visitor survey and resident survey. Let's start with the EIA, John. How do you go about quantifying the value of an industry? So the the tools for measuring economic impact are economic outputs, GVA and GDP. To take you on a journey, the reliable starting point is to get an idea of expenditure, where people are spending money and how they're spending money in different sectors across the island. That's a very tangible indicator we can start to build a picture of the value of tourism to the economy And I think what was interesting was that there were numerous intercept surveys undertaken in a variety of locations across the island, uh, across the year of the analysis. So the great thing about this study, the unique thing about this study, is we were given the time to have a long, hard look at tourism across 2019 and to build that picture. So economic output is the total value of all tourism goods and services provided. It's like the big picture of what tourism is worth on Sky. So that's stuff like accommodation spend, food and drink spend, spend in activities, spend in attractions, but also other areas where we see expenditure by tourists, such as retail. So what was interesting, I suppose, was the extent of spending across sectors coming from tourists to Sky, that it was much more than just a meal and a a bed overnight. Drilling that down, we then use the more common metric now used is gross value added, which is an economic productivity metric. So it looks at the contribution of particular sectors to the economy, literally the value added from the goods and services that make up tourism. So those are the the big picture indicators we tend to use, as well as the other, you know, large indicators such as total number of visitors, total number of jobs created. Jobs is a critical one in an island economy. And obviously, tourism is very important to Sky. So we can get a picture of what proportion of employment on Sky is related to tourism. The key figure of 260 million in terms of economic output and 140 million in gross value added. How significant are these figures and how surprised were you by them? Well, I think Sky is unusual in that it's um it's an island with a huge international reputation and awareness of Sky is very strong, uh, not just at home but as I say globally. And I think the other interesting factor with Sky is the bridge connectivity. Uh, So despite being relatively remote from the centres of population in Scotland, like Edinburgh and Glasgow, the connectivity without necessarily a water crossing enables increased visitation. You add into that mix the coverage uh, that Sky has had in film and TV uh, and series created by various providers, and that has stamped in many visitors, a desire 
uh, an impulse, a motivation to want to go and visit Skye. Remember, there are more than 700 other islands in Scotland you could choose to visit. So it is an intriguing one. It's one of the things Marina's team honed in on. You know, why particularly Skye? What leads you to Skye? And these figures in the context of the wider Scottish economy, how, how significant are they? Well, um, tourism is very important to Scotland, obviously. But at an island level, what you're seeing is a much greater significance from tourism. 650,000 visitors generating 2,850 jobs. People staying on average three days and spending about £324 in the wider economy. That's a big part of the economy of Sky. Now, the other interesting thing Marina's team found was the balance of international to domestic visitation, which brings us back to the awareness of Sky globally. Something like 72% of the visitors we estimate visiting Sky across 2019 were actually international, 28% domestic. And that's a complete reverse of the, the pattern of tourism in Scotland as a whole, which is a kind of 30-70 split, with the 30% being international and the 70% being domestic. So that international visitor market is very important to the Sky economy and to the Sky visitor profile. What we've seen, and, and, it, and it is the last sort of normal year, the 2019 picture tells us that this is an island punching above its weight. It's clearly in, the, in the, the very top number of islands being visited in Scotland. Uh, and it's, it's an island that's really benefiting from tourism, given its relative distance from the central belt. You know, in the comparison that's often made is Arran. Arran is much closer to Glasgow and the central belt mm -hmm. and the population. So it's, a, it's an easier hop for domestic tourists. But of course, Aaron doesn't have a bridge, and that bridge is a significant competitive advantage, in our view, for Sky. Now, Marina, talk me through the surveys, how you went about uh, those and uh, how extensive the surveys were. Well, initially, we designed the survey in cooperation with Sky Connect. So there were a number of, a number of factors that they wanted to include, that they wanted to gather data on and we ensured that these were covered in the questionnaires that we designed. We tweaked the questionnaires slightly depending on who they were aimed at. So, for example, the visitor questionnaire was different to the residence questionnaire to the business operators questionnaire, and we made sure that each of them was targeted to the relevant audience. We also looked at both online and we looked at face-to-face. -face. So face-to-face questionnaires were the visitor questionnaires and these were slightly different because obviously there was there's some input then from people who are undertaking the interviews. So the interviewer has more control over how the questions are answered. So that's something that has to be considered as well. And that's why for us it was important that we kept consistency, that we used the same team throughout when we're undertaking the interviews. So from March to October, it was the same team going to Sky, the same team speaking to the visitors because they knew and they knew the way the questions had to be answered to, to reduce ambiguity. The online questionnaires were slightly different in that they were shorter and they were probably more quantitative. So there was more yes and no answers to those. And we were looking for more, more information that, that could be given in number or percentage format 
rather than the qualitative subjective description that we then we then collected over the phone or in person. So those were the kind of basic differences between the various questionnaires that we designed for the project. There's a huge amount of data there, but let's look at the visitor experience. What what did the research yeah. tell you about the general perception of Sky from visitors? Yeah, it was hugely positive, hugely positive from the visitors. Uh, we found that we really had to push to get any kind of negative feedback from them. And then it was things like the midges. So July, August, these, these were the, the big things for them. Roads were mentioned by some of the visitors and driving, particularly those visitors coming from overseas and hiring cars, they, they felt the roads were either a bit narrow or they were too congested. But again, you know, it wasn't, it probably mentioned only by about a third of the visitors. So it's not something that was at the front of their mind, something that they had to complain about. Generally, it was very positive and it's the scenery, the history, that's why they come to Sky. So generally, we were really pleased with the results of the the visitor survey because it was such a a positive picture that the visitors had of Sky. One of the things that residents are concerned about is the environmental impact of of tourism. Is that something that visitors reflected as well? Not so much, to be honest. You know, the the overcrowding and the busyness um, were mentioned, but it was by far fewer visitors. You know, it was certainly mentioned more by the business operators and by residents. And it was, you know, it's obviously a concern that the environmental erosion as a result of the sheer volume of tourists coming to Sky um, it is a major concern. And it is something that, you know, we, we did highlight throughout the report. But certainly for the visitors themselves, I think many of them are quite unaware of that at the moment anyway. Yeah. I'm going to ask you both the, the same question. John, first of all, any aspect of the report that genuinely surprised you? That's a good question. Yeah, well, obviously, the, that international-national balance of visitors is quite important. I think the scale of employment on Sky, remembering that tourism is a small business industry, most of the businesses in tourism in Scotland are less than 50 employees, and most are micro-businesses with less than 10 Um, So what you have here is an an awful lot of small businesses working to provide service and products to visitors and generating that amount of jobs, 2,800. The other big finding that we reported earlier was that actually you're not plagued by day visitors, and that's something of a myth that uh, they were sort of 7% of total visitation. So even though you've got a bridge which in theory you could flip backwards and forwards across a day. The relative distance and the extent of attractions, activities and stuff to see and do on Sky is catalyzing a three-day-plus stay. And Marina, what surprised you in the report? Well, I think echoing what John said about the, the low percentage of day visitors, that was something that we hadn't anticipated. I think also the, the positive feedback from visitors was was generally really satisfying for us. And it was something I know that the word over tourism had been mentioned, but certainly for the visitors, that wasn't an issue. Also the positive feedback as well from the businesses and from the majority of the residents, I think everybody is aware of the value of tourism to the island. And I think from recent press reports, you you wouldn't be mistaken to think that 
there are too many tourists on Sky and that it's a, a real negative and there's not enough housing and the roads are in rack and ruin. You, you would almost think that the place was falling apart when, in fact, that's the bleakest picture and there are far more positives. And in fact, the majority of businesses and residents really do welcome the tourists to Sky. And one of the huge benefits is the extension of the season, which is something that Visit Scotland and other bodies have been trying to tackle in tourism for many, many years. And Sky are, you know, they're bucking the trend with visitors coming throughout the year and businesses now operating throughout the year. And that's a huge benefit to the island as well. John, as we know, the research was carried out in 2019, pre-COVID. What impact does COVID-19 have on the significance of the report going forward? So any report like this is a snapshot. This was a snapshot of 2019. And as I kind of referred to it, it's kind of last normal year before COVID. What we've started to see as the industry begins to recover, the slow reopening of visitor attractions, the opening of self-catering, followed by hotels, we are starting to see that the recovery is coming essentially from a domestic market from um, Scots primarily, and then England and the rest of the UK will follow. So we really have to market Sky to the domestic Scots market and the English market now to replace that international market, which will be problematic for some months to come. Access is far from clear. Airlines are flying less. The routes are more expensive to fly on. There's simply less carriers and there's less traffic and there's all sorts of issues with access and levels of infection, second spike. So essentially, if your domestic market has been troubled, your international market has been decimated. So add to that that we've lost the best part of uh, more than half of the trading season. We're not opening until 15 July onwards. It's a proportion of the year that the businesses have to make up that loss of earnings. Now, here the bridge, of course, is critical because the bridge gives Sky an advantage, which islands which are linked only by ferries don't have because of capacity issues on ferries related to social distancing. So that's a long-winded answer, I suppose. But it is it is tricky because what was your advantage on Sky, high international visitation, great global awareness, is diluted, if you like, in 2020 by the flip to tourism that we've seen because of COVID. And Marina, how can Sky Connect effectively use this data to encourage greater investment in infrastructure, for example? The findings of the report do highlight that there are issues, and issues particularly with infrastructure, looking at, for example, waste and parking, toilet facilities throughout the island, roads to a certain extent, but certainly with the waste facilities, the toilet facilities and um, parking, I think that's something that has been picked up across the board by visitors, residents and businesses, and it's impacting on all of them, particularly the businesses and the residents. And I think their voices are very important to, to listen to because they're on the island all the time and the impact on businesses then it restricts growth and it's bar- it, these are barriers to growth so i think it's yeah it's definitely huge issues that need to be tackled and hopefully going forward highlands and islands enterprise and the highland council 
we'll be able to look at the findings and its mm -hmm. evidence and its data that, that we have gathered that then can be used to support any further applications. Marina Martinoli and Professor John Lennon of the Moffat Centre, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Sky Connect is here for tourism businesses across Sky to help with their phased reopenings. If you can't find the information you need to help your business, why not contact us and see if we can help. We are proud to represent Sky businesses and look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. I'm now joined by the project manager of Sky Connect, Alistair Danter. Alistair set out the terms of reference for the Moffat research and will be working with the directors of Sky Connect to decide how to use it in seeking the funds to address some of the infrastructure issues and reinvent tourism on Sky for the post-COVID world. Welcome, Alistair. Hello there. Thanks for having me. Now, firstly, the headline figure of £211 million contribution from visitors in 2019. Was that a surprise? And if so, why? Yeah, it was. We knew it was significant. We knew it was a lot, but certainly not that not that higher figure. So, you know, in itself, it indicates the value of a study and a survey like this. It really shows that Sky is punching way above its weight in terms of attracting visitors to Scotland and to, to the Highlands. It demonstrates that Sky, as an asset to attracting visitors, is phenomenal. And that's really the, you know, the big message to take away from this. Beyond getting the big headline figures, what was the purpose of commissioning the research? A number of reasons, really, because you know, tourism is systemic. It affects all our lives in different ways. Firstly, there hadn't been any assessment of the sort of visitor economy since about 2004. So all data there was uh, pretty much out of date. So at a basic level, it's very important for businesses to have this sort of information when they're, when they're planning, when they're applying for funding, whether it's a bank loan or a grant. You know, this up-to-date data is vital for those sorts of reasons. The banks need it, decide on their lending policies. Who do we lend to? Uh, which sectors do we lend to? So it's important for them. It's important for the public sector when it's making its investment decisions. Okay, which areas of the economy, which sectors within those areas do we invest in? It's important to them. And then, you know, standing right back from it all, you look at Sky and you say, well, okay, there's a, there's a business with an asset. That asset, we want to sustain it so it can continue to do its work in terms of keeping the employment and the economy going. So there's a, a number of very good reasons to do a, a survey and a study like this. On the issue of investment, pre-COVID, would this research have provided undeniable proof that governments and local authorities need to be investing more in the island? Almost certainly. I mean, you just look at the, um, the, the, the numbers coming and then the numbers of residents and how calculations are made let's say from Highland Council, Scottish Government, to put money into areas. You know, they do it on residents, people that are living there. They don't do it on the, the numbers of people that come and visit. So as we know, we've got between ten and twelve thousand people uh, living on Sky, but our visitor numbers six hundred and fifty thousand. Well, to service those people, your roads, your infrastructure, your your telecommunications, everything, you know, it gets completely skewed if the investment decision is based on the fact that, oh, there's just 12,000 people living there. We can't get away from the fact that everything has changed as a result of COVID. Does it render much of the report meaningless? I wouldn't say so at all, no. 
it will always show the potential. I think people think about transport and things like, say, say climate change. Transport's not the problem. Carbon is the enemy, if you like. And all those things are going to come into play post-COVID more and more. But what this highlights is the, you know, the, just the need to sustain an asset. And so, yes, it will have all the caveats. This was pre-COVID. But going forward, it's showing you the potential. It's showing you the things you've got to resolve to make something sustainable going forward. And in terms of the evidence that is required for investment to reset our economy and our, our livelihoods, um, I think this is still very, very valid. How much of a concern is it to you that there's a substantial proportion of the money raised through tourism that is disappearing off the island? Yeah, <laughs> history repeats itself, doesn't it? Let's go back 20 odd, 20 plus years, and we had um, the uh, bridge and that whole sort of uh, story the investment, the tolls on the bridge, and that bridge, which, um, you know, cost, what's it, 11, 12 million pounds. And, but then if you look what it cost to get out of the agreement with the Bank of America, it was phenomenal. If you look at the proportion of the toll money that then went to repay the loan, it was significant. Well, we're in the same position now. The predominance of businesses that are using the OTAs, your Expedias, your Booking.coms, your Airbnbs. This study, you know, we've got a figure, it's approximately £3.2 million a year in commission is leaving the Sky economy because people are using the OTAs. Yeah, history is repeating itself. Another issue in terms of community stability is the distortion of the, the local housing market by the significance of tourism. How are you going to get that addressed? Overall, that you know, the figures that the uh, that the survey study has come out with, we see the price of housing in Scotland between 2015-2019 increased between 13 and 14 percent, while on Sky the figure was 28 percent. So you can see you've got a massive issue there. How do we rectify that? I think there's a number of things. It's not just a question of more investment in social housing, which obviously must happen. But I think we've got to look at sort of planning regulations. We've got to look at who comes into the market. There's got to be a much bigger assessment on change of use. Is it correct that a house, let's say, was bought under the right to buy a council house? Which, okay, that ended in the islands in 2016. But is it right that a house that was bought under that scheme has already come out of the public sector and is then turned over to accommodation for visitors? I, you know, you, you can see there is a problem there. So I think... Planning certainly needs to play a role there. There's a huge amount of data in the 120-page report. What will happen with that data now? First of all, we need to get that out to as many different sectors as it's relevant to as, as possible. I mean, that's going to be business operators on Sky. It's going to be the public sector. It's going to be Highland Council. It'll be Visit Scotland. It'll be the banks. So we need to have a sustained campaign to get, get that out to them. And then also help people to see how they can use it. You know, we want to have a, a, a sort of conversation at a, a local and regional level on the issue of infrastructure. We, we now have the data to have that in a, in a fairly authoritative way, just to demonstrate, look, if you don't sustain this, if you don't make these investments in, in the infrastructure and supporting and protecting the environment, you're going to lose the asset that is creating this wealth. It's going to be a very hard argument to make, given the economic damage that's been done by COVID. Yes, but at the same time, 
Let's think about coal mining communities that lost their pits and what happens to them. Let's think about towns, cities that had steel industries and they lost them. Let's think about the Clyde and what happened as the sort of boat building industry sort of slowly collapsed. You know, the lessons of history are there. So I, I think the arguments are pretty straightforward. Tourism isn't going to go away. It's going to change. It's going to evolve and develop. It, you know, if we get it right now, if we get the investment right, we can, we can really continue to develop this sort of economy. Now, I understand and sympathize fully with this sort of perception or concern you're always talking about growth. You're always talking about growth. I think we've got to look at the language very clearly there. I think we, we have a carrying capacity and we need to be able to sustain it. We can't sustain what we've got at the moment. You know, we have a basic infrastructure here that was created in the time of the um, horse and cart. And it's, it's trying to su support, sustain uh, a 21st century industry. So if people want to see the report or discuss the content, how can they do that? We'll be obviously publishing. It'll be available off our website. People can contact us. We will uh, send them copies. Get yourself a, a good strong cup of coffee and set aside a, a few hours. Don't try and read it all at once. There's, there's a lot there. I would dip into the, 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 the different bits of it. And, you know, it is 360 degrees. There's the, there's the view from the community and the appendix with all the comments that people made in there. There's the view from the retail sector. There's the view from the attractions. There's the view from the accommodation providers, the, the, the boat trips. Everybody's uh, had their say in there, uh, and it's recorded in, in great detail. Alistair Danter, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And that's all for this edition of the Skytime podcast. If you have a subject you'd like me to explore or a guest you'd like to hear, please email simon at simoncousinsmedia.co.uk. Now that we're out of lockdown, the podcast is going on the road to promote the island's tourism providers. To keep going, we need your support. Please get in touch if you'd like to sponsor Skytime or advertise your business on the next podcast. Until then, stay safe. Aikivar. Aikivar.